Hello and welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast with the science and the screaming to determine the best movie from any given year. This season, of course, we're doing 1997, and tonight's movie is Boogie Nights. Oh, that's Boogie Nights. pretty exciting. Champion Ryan is also here with me. Ryan, Thank you so much, Greg, for not just inviting back. me, but uh, giving me the championship last week. This week, I, next you know week. what? This is very true, everybody, and I want to look each of you in the eye when I say this, so please put your heads very close together. You don't... I don't give it to you. You earn it. Thanks, you know? Brian. If Good. you get the best friend belt, you earn that belt. You earn the best friend goodie bag. You earn the free food delivery, right? Those are things you earn. I don't award them. I wouldn't even know how. The, the goodie bag is basically just like a list of chores you want me to do, but I do them. Yeah, but it's in, a, it's in a fun bag. And I whistle. Now... People at home, you can't see us right now, and if you can, spooky. <laughs> but we have a very, very special guest with us. It's been a very long time, Thank and you, we're Greg. very Thank excited. Taylor. It's Taylor! Oh my gosh! Oh. Taylor, now you are not the champion. You are not I'm my best not. friend. No, but but I, you've got raw sex appeal, and it's really working. Thank for you. you. And you know, coming he into said this Ross week, sex appeal. I like said, yeah, friends. yeah, the yeah. hottest of all the friends. Yeah, pivot. The, the, the most fuckable, the pivot man yeah. himself. Greg, I'm very excited because even though I was not the champion last week, I'm no. coming into this week. I'm feeling good, and I'm confident in the fact that no matter what, the worst that I could possibly do on this episode is coming second. So. That's, Oof. Worst I could wow. possibly do is silver. This so is, that's the only thing is, that's keeping me alive right now. It's rough because actually there is a special guest, Taylor. What? And it's you. But also hey! with us is Mike. Mike. Goodness gracious, what are you doing here? I didn't even see you there. Whenever there are movies. <laughs> nope, I, I already be don't there. like this. Where he's best friends get, will be judged. Fuck, he's going to get so many points. I'm waiting in the shadows. He's going to get so many points with that voice. Now yeah, you know there. what? You're right. Mike. That's... That's Shit. too much raw sexuality. It's also bullshit because we've been reviewing movies and judging friends for weeks now, and he hasn't been there. Okay, so, wait, yeah, that's it was a, a straight point. up lie. Hold on, no. that's a much better point. We've been doing this over and over again. We've, yeah, we've done it successfully many times. A breeze on your neck during Titanic. That was me. Right. Whoa! Fuck. No, I am, I am that, already behind okay, both of you, <laughs> guys. Listen, there was a breeze on my neck during Titanic, so that. That really resonates That's, with he's, me. He's just blowing smoke up your butt. Or when reasons, somebody blows Mike's smoke up your butt. Mike's coming in here being a real... <laughs> he's being During a, Totoro. He's being a I'm real sorry. cobbler's nonce. Mike. You know what? <laughs> fuck. Shit. God, you know fuck. We're, God. Li- listen, we can keep this up no! literally all night, okay? Let's do it. We'll just keep doing it. You know what? Mike. I also think that uh, I left on a high. I think I left as a best friend. You did. Uh, you- so... Are we now well, both okay. best friends? He left or? as a best friend, and then he got inducted into the goddamn Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah so dude. Like, what the fuck is this? I was Thank hoping you. not to tell him that. Thank Taylor. you, peons. Thank you. Oh, is that me right there in the Hall of Fame? I love it. My likeness is very you, like me. You can't <laughs> see the Hall of Fame from here. It's it's canon that the Hall it's of like Fame hour is one big away. tram ride away well, from uh, the studio. For a larf, I just put my hands over my eyes and like looked out like I was peering in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is getting pretty spacious over there, which is a good thing because later we have have to put somebody new in the Hall of Fame. Or oh. somebody's. Somebody's once told me the Hall was gonna hold me. <laughs> it ain't the biggest fame in the shed. It is know. the biggest fame in the shed. Oh, it is? Yeah. So tonight's movie is Boogie Nights. 
Now, first off, let me ask you: Did everybody watch Boogie Nights? Did you guys watch the movie? Uh, oh, I, I completed it. Because <laughs> last week, Taylor, maybe part of the reason that you lost is because you were watching LA Confidential as we were recording the podcast about LA Confidential. Yeah, a lot of and, sh- sh- yeah. <laughs> I'm still, I'm not at that part. Hang on. And and I will admit, you know what? Maybe that was maybe that was a, that was a hindrance on my part. Yeah. And I sh- and I should have watched it beforehand. But that's I did. why you only scored like 33 points. Yeah, and I should. I, if I would have just watched it beforehand, maybe I would have scored like a, a one million points. You know what? We'll do. A, Taylor. We'll give you a little goose there. Oh, thank I, you. Because we'll, I did this week watch it beforehand. Whoa! So. I came to Confidential. Yes, <laughs> I watched Ellie Confidential okay. before we did this. That's good. Wait, that might hamper you a little bit. I got some bad news. Oh, are we not talking about Ellie Confidential What again? do we think about Boogie Nights? I was a little nervous. I did complete it, start to finish. Uh, <laughs> I was a little nervous about it because of like how I loved it when I was a kid. Yeah. You know? Not in the same Fight Club way, but similar than a lot of other movies that we've revisited. Um, I wasn't sure how some of it was going to hold up, uh-huh. uh, especially with Greg and Taylor, the woke brothers. But uh, We're just so woke. <laughs> we're, we're, and we're brothers. Yet another cool nickname for us. Continue. <laughs> I, uh, I couldn't believe how much I loved it in all the same and new ways. I, you know what? I had pretty much the same experience. At first, when I watched it, I thought, is this a little bit of an empty experience? But then since then, I've thought about it and reflecting on the movie, I have felt like, no, it's pretty good. I found reflecting. Really changes the movie. If you watch that movie and then don't think about it again until you come in here, it's going to be a different experience. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have reflection. a real hard time this week. I watched it, <laughs> left my mind. I have, I have to say, the first time I watched it, I don't think I thought about it at all. I was like, that was about pornography. And then cool. I just like went about the rest Done. of my days as an 18-year-old dude. I get what you're saying, though. Like, I think there is a way to look at it or watch it where it does just feel like a uh, surface-level... It's no, riches, but very entertaining. It's, it's no Magnolia. Culture. Yeah, it is the well, most accessible PTA movie I think. Yeah, you've ever for put sure. Out. Is this our first repeat director yeah. of our show? Well, it it's our first really important one. Okay. Like this is like a second like entry or the I guess the original entry into an oeuvre. Right. Like I mean, th- so yeah, I would say this is one of the most. Like we haven't had another Kubrick, for instance, mm-hmm. or so it's I'm. I'm not surprised that you went in nervous because Magnolia, you flipped out on all of us. I did, and but there are a lot of similarities to me in that I'm not sure I need everything to piece together in this perfect, like thematic way. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just want to watch him point a camera. Yeah. yeah, and like that's sort of enough for me. Or and just shake the shit out of it while zooming. Boogie Nights is yeah, it's a lot more like a normal ass movie than Magnolia is. But I, I got a lot of that same like rush of oh man, I love this guy. Mm-hmm. I think I liked it a lot more for its being just a, a more normal ass movie. I mean, you could say what you have to say without having it fucking rain frogs. And and they're almost uh, where so Magnolia. The longer you watch it, the more you're like, oh, all these different stories are, might be one story. And this movie flipped. The first hour is just a yeah. solid, I know this movie. And then more you're like, so they're just never going to hang out again? <laughs> and now magical money's right. Like, it does get weird. Like, you can see yeah. the hints of what's to come. Why didn't they just, start a podcast so they could hang out with each other weekly? <laughs> it, it, there's a moment where it just becomes a Quentin Tarantino movie for about 45 yes. seconds. Uh-huh. Yeah, dude, and, for and, sure. And he just cuts away from that. <laughs> and in a way, it reminded me a little bit of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because there's like a lengthy like talk about violence within the movie itself. And then violence becomes like such a big part of the movie in between the weird donut shop robbery. Yeah. yeah. 
you guys, if you're going to rob somewhere, don't rob a donut shop. And I don't even know why that donut shop had $100 bills. Also, yeah. Somebody went in there and paid well, yeah, $100. That was a bag How much are those goddamn donuts? That also, makes sense now if you go to like Need or like your vegan donutteries. Yeah. That, those are pricey do, donuts. If I go, do donuts. There's, there's a vegan donut place across the street from me that I never go to because each donut is $4.50. I'm not paying that for a single donut. Also, if you're no going to rob any place. Before you go in there, check to see if there's like a MAGA hat wearing guns and ammo reading dude. Yeah. He's also reading there. guns and ammo, you yeah. guys. And he's wearing a vest. Come Here's on. your sign. Come like, on. I have I've never seen an actual person, and I've hung out with lots of people who are very into guns. I've never seen someone actually read Guns and Ammo magazine. Well, I'm concerned that it's a front. We are obviously excited and ready to shoot this bad boy and start really getting in deep into our conversation about Boogie Nights. And so that means there's only one thing to do. Mount Rushmore! And that's head to to Mount Rushmore, or at least where Mount Rushmore used to be. Unfortunately, Mount Rushmore, as I'm sure you have seen in the news, was towed away. It got towed away, and now there's just a big, empty, president-sized hole, which we are going to fill with the fashions of 1997. I think that makes sense, and I think our audience believes it makes sense as well. The fashions of 97, gentlemen, are you prepared? Mm-hmm. I think we're four fashionable gentlemen. Right? If anyone is going... In 97, for sure. In 97. If yeah. anyone is going to decide this, it should be us and then me, a group of four unfashionable people... Amongst which I am the least fashionable. But you got to admit that we're all still dressed the way we did in 97. <laughs> that so. is true. That is true. I'm wearing a shirt that did come from 1997. So, And it's holding up. You know what? Fast fashion is killing the planet. Is that vintage? Yes. What's like the... It's become vintage. vintage. It's ridden my torso into vintagehood. <laughs> it like started off young and new and fresh and full of promise, and now it is vintage. Yeah, vintage Must- is cool if you go and hunt it down. It's yeah. sad if you own it the whole time. If you, and you yeah. wore it consistently through that whole adventure... I, no, I think that my uh, denim jacket that I've worn since the 90s is great. I think it's a, could, a good thing that I have. Probably could use a wash, but it could, that's You fine. know what? Maybe just scrub no, it down no, with like a I will never wash wipe. Washing, washing denim ruins it. Haven't you read that? I think you're supposed to wash it in acid, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's... If you want to create a supervillain. Yeah. T- Taylor, you sound knowledgeable and handsome. Sure. What is a fashion from 1997 we should put up on this mountain? Well, I think the thing that should go right up on there is chokers. Chokers. Mm. They're, make, they're making a comeback right now. It was, Which, thank God, am I right? Uh, right, absolutely. But it, that was a big thing in 1997, and I think it's only gotten Damn. bigger. Yeah. Well, as next get bigger. Uh, are we, you guys would know this. That's, of course, going right up on the mountain. We could put Jefferson in a choker. Of course. I think he Ooh, deserves absolutely. it, and I think, honestly, he would probably enjoy it. Oh, he'd be into it. Um, but... Are the fashions of 97 big right now? Because I feel it like... It seems like, yeah. It's, yes, it is coming. Doing back. a little bit of research for this, it seemed like almost everything that was fashionable in 97 is now enjoying a bit of a, a there renaissance. Because there was a bit where the 80s were big again, and yeah. now it's come back into eh, the 90s. The Why 90s. not? Which okay. the 90s in whole were kind of a bad time for Perfect. fashion. It was a perfect decade for right, everything. Right, 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 right. Yeah, definitely. You know what? It celebrated the choker, and so I celebrate it. Yeah. And I celebrate myself. And Mike, I celebrate you as well. Thank you. You are a reigning best friend. I mean, this is like yes. a match between two best friends, a death match. Came great, out of retirement. Great, love that. And then also, it feels very good. Probably my <laughs> favorite non-wife person. So, uh, Mike, yes, fashions of '97. Go. Uh, here's a fashion I've been waiting to come out. They have been. I did not own these in '97. I own these ten years too late. 
but they've been packed away in three of my drawers. But raver pants that you could fit five people in each leg uh-huh. were oh, so boy. 1997. Just They're, the biggest jeans. The really big pants, right? And then did they also have like the straps? Oh, sometimes they had the straps. Like, or, like the hammers? That, yeah, like, they, the, like the straps that you're supposed to carry yes. a hammer in. And then like a bunch of little like strappy things. Uh-huh. Like fat ass bondage pants. Okay, I definitely do agree. I am gonna put it on the maybe pile. That is not attacking you in any way. I think that is definitely a '97 fashion. I just want to hear a few other ones before I start committing to mountain. You, you don't want to just shove a whole bunch of stuff on the mountain. No, before no. You well, get now, your options. Now that I have three contestants all vying for best friend, I have to allot time differently. Of course, yeah. absolutely. Ryan, '97 fashions. What do you got? Okay, so. This might be coming back, but this is a ni- big 97 thing that was also big in the Boogie Nights time that we're talking about. Um, and it seemed like uh, in Boogie Nights, everybody had these like very fashionable platforms. Shoes. Yeah. In 97, the platforms were there, but the, like, they weren't fashionable. It was like now flip-flops will have like four extra inches of chunk yeah, underneath them. Uh-huh. Every shoe was a chunky shoe. Like Converse and Vans, they all had like just extra meat underneath. Which honestly, I would kind of get down with because I'm like I'm not tall. I'm almost tall. But if you put like a three inch heel on me, suddenly I'm six three. And sexy as fuck. That's fucking tall, dude. Oh yeah. That's fucking tall. (laughs) Well, that's going right up on the mountain. We're gonna lift that whole mountain up about three or four. Put everything on the mountain when it puts it right. Well, when the answers belong on the mountain. (laughs) Oh hey, Mike's back. Man, listen, you know what politicking is going to get you, Mike? Mike. Ah! Mike. It's going to get you a couple I'm points. I'm a politician. Uh, all right. Could you know what? Cool. Yep. Uh, and I think what this. you'll find is a lot like... Skadoosh. A lot like skadooshing. I am entirely consistent about that. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Taylor, do you have something that belongs on the mountain? There's only two spots left. There's already a hot maybe. Like, there's a top, I, there's a top maybe in the pool already. I think I do have something that belongs on the mountain. Yeah, you're coming at the king, so don't miss. And th- this was a year where denim is very big. Okay. So I am going to go for the most denim article of clothing that you can get, denim fucking overalls. This is another thing yeah. that is coming back, like, the last year or so. People are like, what if we wore, what if we wore overalls again? And correct me if I'm wrong. But usually extremely big, right? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Like, these are not form-fitting overalls. No, these are like, I'm going to go fix the fence overalls. They're like big overalls, yeah. and you have to now wear them with a fanny pack that is strapped over your shoulder so yeah. that it holds the overalls in. The boulder. In. Yeah. It, it's, it's a whole look, and you know what? I'm, I'm happy with it, and this was a big 97 fashion. And I got to say, in 97, uh, girls, like, you guys were trying to, like, dress down and casual. Yeah, no, still smoking hot. I really like those overalls. Yeah. yeah. Overalls were good. Now you what? just see one part of the Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, wait. I... Hang on. Let's not, give, let's not give any spoilers about other potential clutch 90s fashions. I'm going to also put this on the maybe. This is another solid maybe that we This is outrageous, this is outrageous got. to me. I just, I want to, I'm a gentleman who wants to know his options before selecting something. Well, uh, yeah, if you're a fool. Mike. There's a little bit of daylight here, buddy. Here's a piece of fashion that uh, is garbage. I hope it is not coming back. Uh, this is tends to be more th- for the gentlemen than the ladies. Okay. Unlike the rest of these. It is, uh, oh, you like this short sleeve? But your arms still get tired? Just throw a long sleeve shirt right under that short sleeve t-shirt. Oh, God. Because your arms get tired? Because your Can arms I say tired? Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm a little tired. Yeah. <laughs> Cold. Mike's arms are exceptionally... F- folks, I've been wearing long sleeves <laughs> under short sleeves, and boy, are my arms and tired. Boy, these arms are exhausted. Man, another very strong maybe that is going up on the maybe pile. 
What I want is, Ryan, I want you to give us our last one, and then I will pick two to be the final position, the final two positions on the mountain from my four maybes. I got nothing. All mine are picked. You literally have no other ones. Well, then, looking over this list, it has to be overalls for sure. Fuck yeah, baby. The overalls are overall. And then the other one for me is, what's the last one, Ryan? The undershirt under the Undershirt under the sleeves, for sure. So that is a point for Mike. Ryan, tell our listeners the mountain they have won to celebrate America, 97, and fashion. Jefferson is wearing a choker. Nice. Uh, Taft is wearing platform shoes. Okay. I I like that we put Taft on There's a lot. Okay, good. Go keep going. G. Gordon Liddy is wearing overalls. (laughs) And uh, I will say... Scooter Libby. Scooter Libby is wearing uh, a long sleeve, like, what are they called? The Thermal? Thermal, yeah. Yeah, Long sleeve thermal with a shirt on top. All right. When we come back, we are going to get to one of our world famous questions. Gentlemen, Boogie Nights is a movie about the porn industry shifting from the 1970s to the 1980s, from film to VHS... From fresh-faced young stars who do a bump of coke to have fun, all the way to people who snort PCP and scream at themselves <laughs> to have in fun. the mirror. To scream at themselves. <laughs> Half the movie is a super fun ride through the world of pornography where everything is okay. And then at about the exact halfway point, everything goes absolutely to hell. And just around the time you're ready to turn the movie off and return to your life, there is suddenly a last-second swell where everything turns out to be okay in the final 10 minutes. Much has been made of this movie's treatment of the 80s and the film's dramatic tone shift when the clock strikes, 1980. But what is Anderson trying to tell us about the 1970s? It's perception, right? It's everything seems like it's fun. But there's Heather Graham and Diggler are children. They're teenagers who just start fucking. So are you saying that, do you think that it the move he could have picked any two decades and the first one would be great and the second one would be awful i dude more than saying something except for the the fact that the things that were like really big in the 70s were what the movie shows to be passing it didn't feel like once upon a time in hollywood where it was like this was the best time ever mm-hmm. and i want to recreate it as much as possible it felt like this is the point at which lives are changing but i really want to talk about how people hold on to the past and how you either successfully let go of the past and move on, or it will absolutely kill you and chew yeah. you up, and you have to learn how to do it. Everybody does at some point in their life. That, to me, seemed to loom larger than the 70s to 80s mm-hmm. thing. I, I really do think that you could make this movie, or Paul Thomas Anderson could make this movie. I could do it. And do, and do it from like the 2000s to the 2010s. And What about the 30s or the 40s? Yes, he could also do the 30s to the 1880s 40s. To well, 1890s. We should also point yes. out, he's like 26 the time this mm-hmm. movie's made. Yeah. So he doesn't know shit about yeah. 1979. He's, like, I, I looked it up. He is the exact same age when he made this movie that I am now. And fuck, is that depressing. Do you feel like what the he's fuck a, do you do? Do you feel like he's ahead of you? Like, do you feel like he's, he's I think succeeded he's, more than I you think, have? I think he's like a step ahead. I think he's yeah. just a, like a little bit. I think I'm, I am I just maybe haven't had quite as much privilege. And I think with a little bit more access, I could definitely achieve what Paul Thomas Anderson You has. know what? You have literally achieved nothing in your life, but <laughs> I think that you're going to... Please don't I, be mean to Taylor. I think you're going places. I think that I Mike hit it on the places. head with those two characters. This is an ensemble cast, and there's so many people, but it's specifically Dirk and Roller Girl, who I think are the focus of this specific thing. Because I mean, 
having roller skates on is not just a quirk for a character. It's yeah. like it's infantilizing. Yeah. Well, we, and then Dirk, uh, we like he is seventeen or whatever. But right. and they really made him look young. They did a yeah. good yes. job making Marky Mark look young. But what we see when he gets to like he sort of he doesn't turn eighteen. He turns like ten when he goes to Burt Reynolds' house. Yeah, like, he restarts his childhood. He gives himself a new name, and now it begins again. And so he just like matures at a like a much later, slower rate than everyone else. But then it all yeah it all falls apart once they hit that like age where life just sucks. It's not fun when you're not a kid anymore. And he, he stays in that honeymoon phase for years because he doesn't do coke until the jump. So yeah, he's been in the yeah. porn industry for three years and hasn't done coke? Okay, <laughs> sure. But it's interesting because on the night of the 80s, the, the little Bill killing himself, and that's when the movie turns, Dirk actually has a pretty great night. Oh, yeah. It just yeah. also happens to be the night where he tries coke for the first time. Yeah, so pretty it, great night. <laughs> <laughs> so like it leads to his downfall without him... Experiencing like traumatic shit. And I think because of this scene, it's very hard not to be like, okay, what's the point of it going from 70s to 80s? Because very pointedly, this is this scene is literally in the middle of the movie. Yeah. And the first hour and 15 minutes of this movie is just things mostly getting better and better and better until they seem just like absolutely ideal. And then at the point of this, like everything gets so bad that it seems like a cruel and twisted nightmare. Uh-huh. It's the the weirdly interesting character right at this crux for me is Scotty, mm-hmm. uh, who this is the moment where he like comes on to Dirk and gets rejected and he has his moment where he sits in the car and is like, fucking idiot. Yeah. After that, Scotty kind of stops being a character. He, you know what? The movie just sees him right out the door. It, there, I don't think it's totally clear what happens to Scotty. He's yeah. there for one more scene during, like, in the drug yeah. deal planning, and he's like, I don't I know. Don't think he's Shut the fuck up, Scotty. <laughs> he's, there, he's there for that, and uh, right at the very end in The Happiness, he's like filming as Okay, the, so as, he is in that. Okay. He, he's in that, but like everyone else got like a very specific... Like thing that they moved on to or got a happy ending. His happy ending was just that he continued to exist. Yeah, and I thought that was a in a movie that has everyone else have a first act and a second act. Scotty only seemed to have a first act. I don't think it's that much less than like Buck or Becky or Roller Girl. Even like I mean, with it's not a lot, but with this many characters, yeah. But it just feels like they really didn't. They didn't have anything else. Like, the other characters have at least something to do in the back half. Scotty does, like, he yeah. hits his peak at the halfway point. Because his whole thing is like, and this character is gay. Yeah. He's yeah. not much more than awkward and gay. But right? no, he totally, like, I mean, I, like, it's hard for the 80s because he does fall away. But the 70s part, uh, he fits in with uh, Derek and Roller Girl. I mean, he has, like, look at his clothes. Yeah. They're, yeah. Like, they're the clothes of a literal okay, child, yeah, the way that they yeah. fit right. on him. And he is awkward like a kid as well, you know? And then we just don't see a lot of his uh, terrible growing up. Yeah. Or he grows up, all of his growing up happens in that car. The thing that I wonder is when it transitioned into the 80s, do you think there's a cut of this movie where Paul Thomas Anderson dealt with AIDS and then that got cut? I was so because everything in the eighties existed in the seventies, but in the seventies it's fun, and the eighties yeah. it's shitty. And so I wonder if even that is too dark for this movie. And also that uh, you need to have a thing in life and storytelling where, uh, like, once what goes up must come down. You know, yeah. So, like, yeah. There had to be an exact inverse right. amount of disaster. Uh, right. Because of how fucking great and funny and wonderful that first half of the e- movie is. Even for Little Bill, is that what William yes. H. Macy is? Uh, it's hilarious that his wife fucks around all the time. It's so right. funny for everybody and even sort of him until it's not at all anymore. The OG cuck. 
<laughs> See, that's why. Yeah, dude, for sure. And also, I, I feel like that's really reinforcing the message of like you have to let things go. He like you don't have to stay married to this person. Yeah. Like if you don't like the fact that your wife fucks dudes at every single party, you should stop being with your wife and not by killing her and yourself, just by stepping up and saying like, I don't think we should I'm be together done. anymore. Yeah. And then for the person who you would think changes the least, which is Burt Reynolds's character, for sure, yeah, uh, because he is like he is the grandfather or the father, and like he should advance that part. It's the same thing. He can't let stuff go. Yeah, you know, he can't move forward. And I'm not just talking about into VHS. I just yeah. mean like these friendships and relationships will change. He can't let it happen, and he goes off the deep end. I wonder because like Dirk and Roller Girl are young, so we're watching them change in their. I think you could set this movie ten years before, and I think Amber and Jack. Just have done this cycle. Just oh yeah, for sure. And over. I definitely think there is like right. if you if you go back to the seventies, then you will see glory days with a completely different cast of actors mm-hmm. yeah. and the same three weird, creepy older men who like live in this community and exploit but them. I, I do think that Amber is a really standout character because I do agree. Like she has a cycle, but there's something that is so hopeful about her, but also so knowing. Like yeah. she's yeah. the one who has the face of like. I'm going to do a bunch of drugs or I'm going to put on a happy face because I can't, but like, that's why she does drugs all the yeah. time. Yeah. Because she can't quite forget what there's, she needs to. There's so many, like a uh, couple of frame shots of Julianne Moore's face of like, she knows what's going on and now she's going to try to pretend that it's not the case. And then Jack, I feel like he does eventually sort of give in and he go- moves to VHS and things work out. But if, if that moment feels like you can hear echoes of it when he's making what we see is truly very bad porn. And uh-huh. he's like, this is, the, this is my masterpiece. Yeah. This is the best thing. It feels like he is remembering Damn. like even worse things that he's like, he moved on. He's like getting better and like getting to something. And this is the apex of that. And then it knocked back down. And he's like, I- I'll try and make something good out of VHS now. Like, but- he feels like he's done this a couple times. He has these film aspirations that the whole time I'm like, is he just trying to sell Dirk Diggler? Or does he believe? And it does feel like he's like, no, yeah. I'm an artist. I'm just being an artist in porn. But he knows he's not a real artist because yeah. at no point is he like, well, I'll make a real movie. I feel but like, no, I don't think he ever, like, I don't think he thinks that he'll win an Oscar. I think he just wants to elevate his medium as it well, is. Well, I think he wants people to keep watching yeah. porn after they've jacked off, as he says in his big famous after the, speech. My, the yeah. joy juice hits the floor. My, <laughs> honestly, that's as that's as aspirational a goal as winning an Oscar. And so, yeah, when he's watching uh, Brock Turner, no, Brock, Brock, Brock Landers, Landers, Brock, Brock Landers, Landers. Landers. Uh, when he's watching that movie, it is confusing because yeah. we can tell it's crap. I don't know if Anderson is like using it as a joke. Or if he's just talking about relative to other porn at the time. He's just well, trying to make the yeah. best porn, and he probably but, correctly judges that at that moment, that's the mm. best porn. There was way better porn than that, I think. Like, more, like better acted. Yeah. More better acted. But I think based on the other themes in the movie, I think if you rewound the clock, you would find, like, if you put Jack at the same age as Dirk is at the beginning of this movie, Jack wanted to make, like, real movies, and this is... Like, he failed at that, and he's gone back. Because a lot of the pe- people in the movie have a thing that they want to get to, but they end up in porn. I feel like Jack is the person who stayed in porn while the other people you got know, what they want. You know what I noticed watching it this time? Even though he always says he wants to make, like, film, and he's got all these highfalutin goals for porn, if you list, that's what he says to people all the time. But if you listen to what other characters say about his orders, about the, f- the porn they've been making recently, he wants everything cheaper. Mm. He wants like he wants fewer lights. He wants like way less budget, and he acts like the when the people talk about it, they act like he's going for a style. But there's a conversation between Little Bill and the like the Ricky cinematographer Jay. Ricky J. Yeah, where Ricky J. is finally like, 
dude, we're not doing that. Like that, we're not going to spend any money on this movie. And so that kind of like cuts against what he, his Mm. personal or like his public persona is, which is I want to make it as good as possible. He obviously does want to make it as cheaply as possible. There's another conversation too, where they're saying like, Jack, this shoot is tomorrow. Or like, when are we going to do this? And he's like, tomorrow, tomorrow. Like, because he's at a party, yeah. and he's actually this is the part of the director's life that he enjoys. Mm-hmm. The thing that I really uh, like brought Jack together for me about all of this stuff is the roller girl, um, like live amateur in a limo making porn. film history, making yeah. film history. And <laughs> I always thought that scene was about defending Roller Girl. Like they, no, they both beat him up yeah. because <laughs> Roller Girl like says like this is bullshit. And watching it now, Jack doesn't care about Roller Girl really. What Why? it's all about is. This guy is not listening to my great, incredible... I'm an artist here, and you will not let me make art. He literally says, your movies suck. And that's the exact moment. Because I used to see it the exact same way you did. But there's, that's the exact moment he freaks out. He's like, your movies fucking suck anyway. And that's when he's like, nope, it's go time. And then the stuntman pretending to be... Yeah. <laughs> based on what I've heard about the shoot, it, like, how they filmed it, was, it was like some PA said, Bert, I got your lunch wrong. And that was like, and they just attacked. <laughs> they like, just that's all they needed. Like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Burt Reynolds. I'll kill everybody. I was in Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> well, that is all the time we have for that. What we're going to do is do a little best supporting actor or best supporting role uh, bracket, but you're only going to get to hear that if you're a Patreon listener. If you're not a Patreon listener, well, boo to you, mister. No. Thank you for listening to the show. I'm just, so sorry I said that. If you're not a Patreon uh, subscriber, just torrent it. Yeah, you just get it I'm there. sure you can get it for free. Go to your pirate bays. The, the, the one thing is, it is good. It's worth listening to. So either give yeah. us the money for it or find some way yeah, to go, steal go it. Go to your Jack Torrance. Shining movies. All right, everyone on the tram, mind the closing doors. It's a little cramped in here with uh, four of us. Nope. No offense. I'm trying to see my head. Don't try to do that. The stanchions are too close. Longer than I remember. Oh, you have no idea. I think we add a second every time. Like we put down more track. This is actually we're over. right now at the halfway point. Yeah. We put it far away because we expect it to grow and grow, like our love for each other. This now is twenty ends. seconds. Oh, this is twenty seconds to go. The seats are comfortable, though. Yeah. Our knees are into this business. Okay, wait, hang on. Welcome. To the Pop Filter Hall of Fame. Yes. Welcome to these hollowed halls. We hollow them out of a mountain near the studio. We take a tram here. And then we come and celebrate the things that are important to us. The Pop Filter family. The things that matter and influence who we are. Today we each get three votes. So potentially three things could make it in. Or is going to split the vote even more and nothing is going to make it in. You never know how it goes in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame. Well, Mike, we all missed you so much. In fact, Mike, take a point just for you. You need like that. every point that Don't you like can that. get. Good. Well, I who, felt good until he said that. Who would you like to see in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame? Now, you're the only one who is going to propose somebody yes. who is also in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame. Well, I'm going to propose taking Mike out. 
So that's going to be my nominee. <laughs> that's why oh. you get to wear the jacket. We have a special golden jacket that uh, Hall of Fame members get to wear while they're in the Hall of Fame. I like it because it it's fashionable, it's comfortable, but it breathes. I'm not too hot yeah. even in here. Uh, I would say as an expert, uh, I know what it takes to be in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame. You Maybe. know it inside and out. Yes. And uh, I go to the soirees, <laughs> and, and I, I think what, what we would like at our cocktail parties is I, I do think there's uh, – Nerddom used to be so it used to be hard for four of the four of us yeah, and definitely. those like us. And I think something helped break into the mainstream. It wasn't just all the nerds uh getting older and taking over Hollywood. But I think one movie uh broke through and was like, Isn't nerdy shit cool as fuck? And people keep trying to recreate the magic of Jurassic Park, but they cannot at all. Jurassic Park. Is yes. that that movie where two dinosaurs fought a lot? Yeah. Okay. Two I... dinosaurs fought a lot. Now, uh, we as a group celebrate the lyrics to the Jurassic Park song. Mm-hmm. Uh, does anybody want to sing any any of those from the hit song Jurassic Park? Is this the... Oh my God, the... you guys it's fucking dinosaurs. What the fuck? Oh my God. Check that out on the YouTube. Jurassic Park, this movie was so big for me. I was like maybe 13 years old, and it just rocked me like an absolute hurricane. To me, this is the summer of Last Action Hero, so I do not support Jurassic Park in any way. Really? You only could pick one movie summer. I recently saw, because one thing I always say about Jurassic Park, a lot of people say it's not just me, is the movie looks so amazing. Mm -hmm. Like the CGI in this movie and the effects look better than most movies that come out now i just watched a video on youtube about why it looks so good and a lot of it just has to do with how real it's, dinosaurs yeah <laughs> real dinosaurs. Real, they made the park <laughs> ah real dinosaurs documentary. <laughs> so, once you make the dinos the rest is just pointing the camera at them one of the coolest things about this movie is uh they've recently found like hundreds of new species of dinosaurs in the last 15 years because so many kids yes. watch this movie and went i'm doing that as a career and i fucking did i definitely got variant dinosaurs decided i would do it as a career and then someone was like it's a lot of work and i was like oh no, yeah, I, no, I quit. I'll I'm, be a mailman. I'm going to do something else. That was me with being a doctor. <laughs> but you know what isn't? Podcasting, guys. We fucking landed right where we belong. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's, it's almost no work at all. Taylor, you are like a guest, so why don't you go next? Who would you right. like to see that's in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame? pointed and mean, but I am going to nominate someone who, based on uh, his recent role in a big-budget movie, which has got a lot of buzz, may not be as worthy as the rest, but he's someone that we all love. Bill Hader. Son of a bitch. Wow. Did, uh, did I really did say he son of snipe a bitch? Your, did I snipe your pick? Did I snipe your little pick, buddy? Oh, always come with two picks. Uh, that's, always come with I two picks. I came with three, so I chose the specific one. Bill Hader. This also, is... I will not be voting for Bill Hader now just because of this little thing. Oh, I love I like Spike Oh, Bill not drinking not like the Haterade. I do not like this. But Bill Hader it was on SNL. He was in Barry, which we all love. Yep. I recently finally have caught up and started watching that show. It's fucking it great. It is amazing. And Bill Hader is one he's of He's sexy as hell when he's killing yeah. people. And mm-hmm. he recently had that video where he talked about how he deals with anxiety, which was very relatable Listen, to me. guys, I have anxiety just like anybody else. And what I do is I look in the mirror and I say, stop. <laughs> stop it, Bill. Stop. It all depends on you and you have to do it. That's a very good Bill Hader. <laughs> Thank you. I thought I would just work that in there organically. But not good anxiety advice. That really will increase <laughs> your anxiety. <laughs> no, that's that's what I do with my anxiety, and I don't recommend anybody else do it at all. Yeah, Hader is in that phase right now where he's like, no, I'm a very good comedic actor, but also like maybe I'll just fuck around sometimes and just kill like all dramas that I'm in yeah. as well. He's He's pulling a fucking Steve Carell. He may be our nation's greatest actor and very important to us as friends. 
Wouldn't you agree, Ryan? Nope, not anymore. Do you, Ryan? Do you want me to go to you next, or do you want a little bit of time to look around the room? Do you want to? No, I go. Do you want to steal some of mine? Peter, I'll, computer monitor. <laughs> you guys I, remember him? I'll PC? just make the like demoting mic not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm ready. Do it, Ryan. This is somebody who was nominated last season, so he is eligible again to get nominated. A renom, I love it. Uh, Mike was not here, so hopefully, Mike, you can help me out get this person in. Um, I'm giving you a point just for the renom. We uh, for knowing the rules. None of us would be where we are today as people, as podcasters, as comedians, if it wasn't for the best dressed man in show business. It's insane that Paul F. Tompkins is not in our Hall of oh. Fame. Oh, what? And uh, I'm going to put it back up there again. Paul F. Tompkins ran into some very stiff competition. It was Lola Bunny from <laughs> Space Jam. Oh, of course. And Spiro Agnew, the vice president to uh, Nixon. Uh, from Space Jam. Yeah. Yeah. So, Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so just a couple of people who were really important to us. And it split the vote. Nobody made it that time. So <laughs> Because we couldn't agree. Very strong. And I like his chances so mine it's not a joke and it's not a gimmick you guys it's serious there is a band that we have has been on our radar for the entire time that we have known each other and we have felt every single way about this band first they were a band that we liked but wanted to hear more from then they were a band that released the greatest album we ever heard that we all know all the words to and then the precipitous fall started I am proposing Weezer, who has been so important to us, who we have basically sung the entire catalog of, including Rock Band. Remember when Rock Band was a thing and we all used to play? Weezer were the easy songs. And now it's That's gone. That's when we were Weezer. And now, yeah, exactly. And now it's gone all the way to the point where we hate them, which is like one of the most important things you can do for a band. Honestly, it's the exact same track as My Family Stores, My Parents. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, now all the way up to just finally ignore them and wait for them to die. And then maybe get a little sentimental around that. When I was a kid, I knew all the words to my parents. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like, I wish I didn't marry you. I wish I didn't marry you. The kid can hear this. I don't care. You know, <laughs> all and the classics. People get concerned when a kid walks around saying exactly what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> and, and kids are a lot like parents. Kids are a lot like parents in that they just don't understand. Ryan, wh- who are our nominees? So we have up to... And include three votes to vote for Jurassic Park, Bill Hader, Paul F. Tompkins, and Weezer. And Weezer. I have to say, I like the chances for Weezer. <laughs> All right. So the first one we will vote for is Jurassic Park. Mike, this was your proposition. Yes. Do you support it? Yes. Dinosaurs are near and dear to my heart. I vote for them. Taylor, do you vote for dinosaurs? I do vote for dinosaurs. Ryan, do you vote for dinosaurs? I vote for dinosaurs. I don't. I think there are few movies that are not about comic books that are as important to us as a group. I also vote for dinosaurs. Yes. Congratulations, dinosaurs! I, sh- I, and of course, we're talking about the show Dinosaurs, yeah. <laughs> not the <laughs> mama oh. <laughs> with that hot ass teenage dinosaur. Oh my god! I have a question. When in, they redid the Parable of Solomon <laughs> in the Hall of Fame, the painting of. Hall of Famer Jeff Goldblum is in full Ian Malcolm drag. Yeah. So, like, do we have to make a new painting or? We're going to have to figure something out. Maybe we'll just like put a few dinosaurs up there. A T-Rex in Ian Malcolm drag. And why is it drag? <laughs> it's it, more fun. <laughs> Next up is Bill Hader, who has proposed this. Taylor proposed this. I proposed Do this. you support your own Bill Hader nomination? I do support my own Bill Hader nomination. Mike, do you vote for Bill Hader? I do. 
Ryan, do you vote for Bill Hader? The thing is, <laughs> like, it was that was unbelievable. Like, my plan was to build it up as somebody who, like, the weekend that we're recording this, like, it, they're supporting actor talk. Yeah. And then I was going to go through SNL and then Barry and then finally bring up the video about anxiety. Like, that yeah. was fucking we bullshit. All, we dude. all watched that video. Yeah. What a weekend everybody had. <laughs> what a wonderful time to be alive. I'll vote for him. Oh, right. And then it's just to me. And yeah, dude, Bill Hader. I, I, I got to represent. I love Bill Hader. All right. Next up, Ryan, your selection, Paul F. Tompkins. Do you vote for Paul F. Tompkins? Fuck yes. All three votes onto him. <laughs> Mike, do you vote for Paul F. Tompkins? I do. Taylor, do you vote for Paul F. Tompkins? I do. And I, of course, will not vote for Paul Son F. Tompkins. <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins. <laughs> See yourself out the studio, you bum. What have you ever done or given to any of us? Nothing. Mr. Peanut Butter, that's gross. A dog named Mr. Peanut Butter. We know what the joke is, Paul. We know what the joke is. You're the joke, Paul. We'll see you next season in Movie of the Year 1942. All right. Up next is Weezer. Weezer was my selection. And of course, yes, I vote for Weezer because I think Weezer belongs in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame. There are no votes left. So uh, I guess, Weezer, you'll just join fucking garbage person Paul F. Tompkins as you both cry outside the walls of our studio. Ryan, who did make it into the Pop Filter Hall of Fame? Mike's pick, Jurassic Park, and mine, and a little, to a lesser extent, Taylor's Bill Hader. Taylor. Couple points for Mike and Taylor. When we come back, we're getting to the last question. Good thing we've covered all the bases about this movie so far. Boogie Nights is almost as much about family as Fast and the Furious. But what exactly are we being told about family here? And what's the message, if any, about Corona? <laughs> the fear of the city. I, I feel like for a movie that's so much about family, a little weird that they don't even mention Corona yeah. one time, the official beer of family. Not not the beer, not the city, not the thing that happens when a the eclipse happens. Something. Yeah, yeah dude, something. none of that. Here's a point for Taylor for knowing all sorts of different corona connotation uh i think this movie the specifically the family aspect was very interesting to me because we have the the idea of like found family is always like a very queer like concept to me and so the like scotty being in that uh environment makes a lot of sense uh and then the rest of them are just sort of like lost toys who (laughs) are just sort of patchworked into it and that is uh, a fun thing, but where it gets weird is with Amber and her relationship with Dirk. Weird? How? I don't understand. Is this not a pretty well, typical relationship? Much, much like modern porn. There's yep. a lot. There's a lot of sex going on between that Damn. mother and mother and son relationship. Yeah, she's like, I, I just want you to be my son, and also, hey, let's bang. Also, I think you should be addicted to drugs like I am. Because she pretty clearly, like... That's a good mom. She wants oh, to yeah. put that on him. Mm-hmm. That, uh, like, in the disastrous 79 to 80 party, a big but, part of it is I want to tell you I love mm-hmm. you, and then I want you to also get addicted to cocaine. I, I do wonder, because I don't think she's not a Jack Skeeve. It seems to be, this is how she's mothering. Like, this makes my life better. Yeah. I think this will make your life better. She's just not smart. Like, she, <laughs> like, she doesn't know what it'll do to him. But, like, just so all-encompassing like uh the fact that like she know everyone knows that like she will never be dirk's literal legit Mm -hmm. mother that makes her like just swarm into all aspects and that includes girlfriend Mm -hmm. business partner 
sexual partner, uh, drug dealer. Like, she wants to invade it all because she will never have that one thing back that was taken away from her, kids from her literal body. Yeah. And and I want to pick my way through this very carefully because I don't want to equate things that are not not equal. But in a way, these people, because of their an aspect of their sexuality, which is that the performative professionalism of their sexuality, they are ostracized and cut off from their family units. Yeah. And so, and then because of that, they need to come together as a family because they can't, they don't have access mm-hmm. because of some aspect of their sexual lives to their original family anymore. So yeah. it's it's analogous. It's similar to that yeah. same idea, and, right? Which is how you usually see, like the most common instance of found families is within like queer culture with yeah. like kids who have been kicked out of their homes. And- Wait, which you sort of see with dirt, but like for a different reason. Yeah, I think it's all of them are are misfits, like you said, Taylor. That it's it's not they porn is what like pulls them together, but they're all kicked out for their own different reasons. Roller yeah. girl's a weirdo who fucking never takes roller skates off. Yeah, so she does porn. Yeah, I think that like it's really hard to talk about the like the obvious found family in the movie without talking about Dirk's. OG family. family. Yeah, dude. Because that is really only there so we have like something to compare, you know, Jack's family to later. Right. And right. the the matriarch of this family, he has a dad, but he is the other cuck Does he have a dad? Like, <laughs> yeah, he does not have a dad. He sits on a the bed and listens a to screaming. He has Lil Bill too. His mom um <laughs> hates Dirk for like pretty it's unexplained favorite. reasons. Yeah. And uh but I think the important difference is that Dirk is accepted for who he is after he leaves, mm-hmm. and it's like that's a that's a f- like first time feeling for him. He yes. had never found that before. He Why? was hated for everything that he was. She's one of the most heartbreaking scenes when he has to say, "Please don't be mean to me," Please which you should never have to, to say to your Stop parent. Stop being mean to me. Is uh, she's screaming at him because he works two jobs? He got yeah. in late because of a job, and then he's like, "I got to go to work," and she's freaking out on him. That's well, not. Well, there's another there. thing too going on that like she hates. Cheryl Lynn. Uh-huh. She fuck. She keeps bringing yes. up this slut Cheryl yeah. Lynn. Uh, that is like the first partner that we see right. with Dirk. And I didn't really get that before, but now it's obvious that she got knocked up, right? And like thinks that it's going to happen to him. That like that's she, where the hatred comes from. I, I think she got knocked up by this fucking like worm, fucking worm of, of a man, Jerry from yeah. Rick and Morty. Yes. <laughs> and, and like I think she's taking all of the anger she has on her own husband out on him because she wants him to be better and is realizing you're like just as much of a fucking waste of a person as your father is. You know what else I, I wondered if it was, and this is a little bit gross, but there's there's elements of this running through the movie. His big cock has such a weird, profound effect on people, and if the roles were reversed here and, and a dad was really overly protective and talking about a daughter's, like, boyfriend's and saying she could never leave the house and stuff, we would say it's because there's this weird, right. unspoken, like, sexual attraction there. And I wondered if he was kind of playing with that as well, because, like, this is mm. the woman that gave this dude baths, mm-hmm. and he was always packing heat. Like, and he, she does seem so weirdly focused on, like, you're fucking your slut girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it is, like, a gender reverse, because, like, moms don't give a shit. Like, they're protective of their daughters, but sons go out and do whatever the yeah, fuck they want. Yeah, moms always just high-five their yeah. sons, like, get it. She might be worried for those girls because he's got such a big ass. Heart. Yeah, you, you can't go in normal. You really have to no. know what you're doing. But and you're you right. gotta find girls with like big equipment themselves. Great. Yeah. It's not just They're the she-hulks. size. It's not just the size though. It's like it's like opening the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Yes. And people look at it like they are awestruck. There are so many shots in this movie of people seeing his cock for the first time, and the reaction sometimes is like Philip Seymour Hoffman of like, "Oh my god, I want that." 
But other times, it's just people like have a profound moment of like self reflection. <laughs> Some guys yeah. you see are clearly like, oh God, how do I match? You know, I don't match up to that. But other guys are just like, I'm glad that fucking exists in the world. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's that's a know, beautiful piece of hardware. It's just something great to look at. Like if you're looking at the real Mount Rushmore, like yeah. that's fucking <laughs> impressive. The one and, of 97 fashions. Yeah, the 97. And then the also real. the like the money maker. Like oh a lot yeah, of people dude. are like enamored with Rock. money. And that's gonna make them some the money. Golden goose, cock. yeah. yeah. Like when when the colonel is like, "I hear you have a great big cock. Yeah. Hey, I gotta break here. May I see it?" And he's like, "Thank you, Dirk." <laughs> After thirty seconds of smiling, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm like his face changing a lot. You know, like awe, wonder, love, <laughs> like money. He's like, this is gonna make me so much money. Is, I, oh, go. I was gonna say, I think going to the found family. What's interesting about what Boogie Nights does is so often found family is what saves you from the bullshit. And what this movie is, if you hang out long enough, even the family you choose will <laughs> fuck you over like a real yeah. family does. And then, yeah, and there might be a happy ending, but for a <laughs> while there, you're actually going to be dragging each other down in a death spiral. And if this family. movie continued for another five or ten years, probably a, a whole other wave of bad mm-hmm. shit would go down, right? But it's important that it ends the way that it does, not just with like happiness and the Beach Boys and another fucking walk through the house, but also like very specific things like the dad and mom alone in their room. Uh-huh. And then uh, more specific than that, like after all of this shit, Jack is concerned with Roller Girl cleaning her room. Yeah. So like that's a full-on familial reset. Right. Yeah, for sure. And she's gone back to school. Mm. And so she's kind of like resumed being a kid as much as she could do that. And she's gonna but she's gonna finish that last part of being a kid and become an adult finally. So now it's less creepy what's mm. going on. Is that is that Beach Boy song? Creepy, where would I be without you? No. Okay, because it's you know what it is? It's it's one of the songs used in one of the Bioshock games. Yes. It's used in Bioshock Infinite and it's really creepy in that. It is very creepy. And they do a barbershop quartet version. Yeah. It's real weird. Which is the creepiest music. Yes. I think it is creepy. Like it's 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 always since that game, it has always struck me as creepy. When you say that, I I get it. Yeah. I don't think PTA, like the movie ends happy, but I don't think he thinks these characters are just like great forever. No. It's all the lie. And so it's just that pop sheen. But uh, also like family, like that's how you keep in your family is you fight sometimes, but when you're not fighting, you have to keep up the lie of why you're not fighting, you know? And you know, at the end, it's just the family. You know, they use the same tracking shot where you've gone through a couple parties so far. But now everybody that's there, it's like they're all at Olive Garden or something because they're all family. And I think it's also important, too, that Jesse is painting, I think, while <laughs> while Reed has the ba- Jesse's baby in the water. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Buck is somewhere else. So it, like that's like confirming like it takes a village. Like mm-hmm. This is now yes, the family's To raise a baby. fucked up baby. And the second dick you see in the movie. <laughs> real, real quick, uh, a little weird that Lil Bill's picture is up. Yes. Yeah, That's what weird. all the Hall of Fame pictures look okay, like. Okay, in fact. <laughs> the Pop Filter Hall of Fame. Speed round. Real quick. A little weird, a little Bill's picture. Yeah. Is up yes, on it the is. In, and weird. it gets totally like a centered shot. In, like, the, it, in the hallway where he blew his yes. brains out? That's guys. And no. Come on. Promise his, me you'll do that. He killed his that. fucking wife. Yeah. He also, murdered someone in that house. Two people. Also, Jesse is not, she's the only painter. She's not a good painter. 
her <laughs> picture of uh, no. Dirk and oh, Little man. Bill. Like, they are missing some DNA. You know what it reminded pictures. me of? It reminded me of when that cleaning lady, like 10 years ago, accidentally yes. erased that painting oh, and yeah. she tried to paint <laughs> which, it again. Well, I That's it. totally what it looks which, like. Uh, speaking of, I think yesterday was the one year anniversary of fucking uh, Kanye West releasing a bunch of oh, yeah. paintings that look like those frescoes of porn stars. What the fuck is going on with art, you or, guys? Speaking of Bill Hader, they all the pictures look like uh, you know when it like doesn't have a normal face, but his <laughs> eyes just go all over. That every painting looks like that. <laughs> all right, the movie contains several characters that are disrespected and abused by their wives. Is this the first anti-cuck film? No, I think it's pro-cuck. You think it's pro cuck? You gotta go be a cuck. A real pro cuck agenda? Finally, a movie you, that has the balls to be pro yeah. cuck. Did you, you guys hear about the one of the initial screenings where uh, Little Bill goes in to kill Nina Hartley and the dude, and the audience went crazy? Like they started cheering so hard. Wow. And Paul Thomas Anderson was like, oh no, I fucked up. And then while Bill. Uh, not Wild Bill. <laughs> Wild Bill. Wild Bill. Hill cuck. Uh, little Bill shoots himself. And then they're like, oh, no. And then Anderson was like, okay, maybe I'm okay. I'm not sure. But they weird. really wanted that bitch to die. Oh, that fuck. is so fucking weird. Right. I because guess... cucks were so scared as a society of like being yeah. cucked. And, or getting called one by it, Republican geniuses. And doesn't all of that totally like prefigure all yeah. of this weird mm-hmm. incel film now? Like with mm-hmm. Joker coming out? either recently or sometime in the near future (laughs) 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 and getting like eight minute standing ovations at, at film festivals. All right. Is it me? Is it me? Or were there a few scenes of weirdly quiet clubs in this movie? Yeah, there, there were some that were like too loud where they had the, the soundtrack music playing over like a montage but then in the club, they would not play what the ambient music was supposed to be. So you would hear yeah. like, people's shoes up, like, <laughs> up and down. And some characters would actually play it as if it was very loud. In fact, they do a whole bit where John C. Riley and Buck like, scream at each other. Like, and they can't hear one another. So they're each confused about what the other is saying. But the way it's just shot, they're just doing that in an extremely cr- quiet room. Which is a great bit to do if you're ever at a, a weirdly <laughs> quiet club. Just start, just start yelling at your friends like, what? I can't, what? It uh, is yeah. confusing. You're right. I do that to strangers who try to talk to me on a plane. Like, I don't want to talk to you for this flight. So I just yes. scream, what, the entire time? Uh, what? <laughs> I scream like an English explorer. Let's go over there. What? What? What is what is something that you look at? Like the colonel looks at Dirk's cock. Uh, Dirk's, Dirk's cock. cock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's we, we get that out of the way. Yeah, I have that right in the uh, beginning. Hyperdrive, hyperdrive on Netflix. For me, it's the colonel's face. Yeah. Like, it's sort of like uh, like that are influencing, and now all of a sudden I'm doing that weird smile that you're <laughs> uh-huh. doing back at him. Uh, just like a full on commercial breakfast cereal. Yes, yeah. where you get all, every part. For me, uh, a submarine sandwich. Oh, a delicious submarine From sandwich. Subway? No, oh, not from oh, Subway. Eat fresh. Not from no. Subway. We are an anti-Subway podcast. No, we are po- not. This is a podcast devoted to Jersey Mike's, a more expensive no. Jersey Mike's rule. Because no. you pay you guys. for quality. Subway all the way. I will suck the fuck out of Subway's dick. No. I will let it come all the way down my throat. Subway I is not love a, Subway. Subway is not a chili dog, and you will not suck on it. <laughs> Never. That is 
That's the sandwich of pedophilia. All right. Do you oh. want to be? Do you want to oh. eat the meats of pedophilia? Well, if they taste that good, you... oh, that's I, no, I take I take that back. I do not stand by that. Which one of the four of us is most like Alfred Molina to hang out with? <laughs> Fuck. Who has our biggest Come on, Come on you guys. Look, Come Taylor, on. you're wearing a robe in tiny whiteies right now. <laughs> you're, okay, you're the most likely to make a mixtape. You're yeah, most okay, likely to have fair. a boyfriend that's just setting off fire. <laughs> yes, you're the that's, most likely. I'm to. most likely to be the one setting off fire. That's yes. true. You're the most likely to when we look at one of your friends weird. You look at us and you're like, he's Chinese. <laughs> just deal with it. <laughs> yeah, <dude>. He's Chinese. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty racist moment. But is that because Chinese people invented firecrackers? <laughs> but he thinks that like they all just love them so much now. There's you're, so much to unpack in that yeah, one sentence. Yeah. You're born as a Chinese person, you light up firecrackers, you die. That's the <laughs> point of the movie. You live your life one firecracker <laughs> at a time. Uh, does Wal does Mark Wahlberg feel like a pro or an amateur here? And Both. does that help or harm his performance? Both in a very weird way. Yeah, I think yeah. it's it's strange. It's like hard to describe. I don't think it was purposeful. Like I think it was accidental, but like a very happy accident. I think he's I think, gotten worse. I, I, re- I really want to make it sexy. I think I'd like to. I'd like it if it was sexy. It made me wonder if there is a real genuineness to him because I don't have an opinion about the person at all. But because he is kind of a, a rough actor. The times when he's just acting very genuinely nice to people, that's when it comes off the most mm-hmm. like realistic. Yeah. He's just so often, he's just like, hey, I have to go over here, okay, but I'm going to come back and talk to you later. And the person's like, Derek, I love you. But typically, uh, performances that like really feel amateur feel closer to like Amber Waves in the porn yeah. uh, than like something that would seem like real acting. And he's in this middle ground, and I think it all helps with the uh, like childishness. Yeah, like, right. wh- How he's acting is much more kid-like than if... Right. Like their original choice was Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Um, and that would just would have been a polished performance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the movie like wanted that. And it wouldn't land right. Yeah, because John C. Riley can do the pretend awkwardness. Right. He does a really good job. But for Dirk, it had to be like the real thing. Who do we think Anderson sees himself in? In like what character do you think Paul Thomas Anderson sees himself as? Uh, probably a mixture of Jack and Reed. Okay. He's. I, I think that Dirk's bedroom is PTA's bedroom. Okay. Yeah. The most that, fucking the like late seventies. Yeah. All the posters and shit. Um. And but yeah, I think that there's. I think if he's Jack, it's sort of like projecting and nervous. Like mm-hmm. I'm nervous about what I will become. Yeah. And this is like maybe a way to handle it. But okay. I also think that it's hard for a director to not feel like right. the the father of a found family on right. every movie shoot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, he's in charge of everything that happens. Do you think he actually wears the little like bandana around the neck thing? PTA? Yeah. Just that on the set. That is nothing else. I and have the Dirk to say, Diggler prosthetic. That is a Are look. Are you going to start doing this? That is a look that that only had a very small moment in our shared history, but I think is such a snazzy look where it's like kind of the same so color good. as whatever jacket mm. you're wearing. Mm. Oh, bandana necklace is fucking awesome. I don't think it's ever really going to come back Let's because you never see it except it's being like mocked, but I think it's a fine look. Well, that is the end of the speed round. I'm going to retire to my tabulation chamber where I do all my tabulating. And when we come back, we will have the winner. I have tabulated the scores and emerged from my tabulatron. Mike, welcome back, buddy. Thanks. Congratulations. You scored 21 points. <sighs> I think in a field of three, 21 is a very high score. It's very good. Yeah, lately we've been putting up like 30 spots, but I think, you know, that's pretty good for a three-man weave. Taylor. Yes. T-Money. 
Yes. Bring in the funny. Absolutely. My number one honey. Oh, I love you. You scored 27. 27? Yeah. So you housed Mike. It's pretty good. You, you, See, I think that's probably enough to win, right? You dunked all over Mike. Probably absolutely enough to win. And you're a big boy. You would think, but it was incredibly close. Son of a bitch. I just lost $10. <laughs> Ryan scored 28 points. Oh, shit. Returning best friend. Congratulations, Ryan. Any words for your recently vanquished foes? Uh, Greg, can I borrow $10? <laughs> I do not have $10. I don't carry cash. You can Venmo me and I will Venmo. Taylor and I bet that he would win. That Taylor would win. You won, yeah. but you lost. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I won by winning. Yeah, you, you, you ran up the score, but you ultimately lost. Losing by one in that scenario, yeah. I think, is analogous yeah. to winning. Okay, so we know who the winner of this is. We know best friend Ryan. But how about how Boogie Nights is going to do? Currently, I think it is my number two seed after LA Confidential. Okay. I don't see... Uh, it's definitely better than Titanic, and I don't yes. see another possibly... Based on how much I loved some of the Japanese movies in 88, Mononoke could have a chance to swoop it, but I think it's it's very high up there for me. Last week when we were talking about uh, the LAC, we were talking about like how fucking just clean and shiny it was. Yeah. And I know that I was the big Magnolia person in the 99 season, um, but this is sort of what I'm talking about, is like the... Like the sprawling all over the place, up and down, not just in like story, but quality, you know, like how much, how ambitious this movie is. I think it could overtake the the Mm -hmm. front runner right now. There's a lot of movie here. Yeah. The one thing I wonder is, and and we talked about a little bit, but is this movie not as deep as Magnolia? Because it's not as complicated. Granted, it's not as like abstruse. But does that mean there's less depth to it? I don't no. think so. I think that like a lot of the stuff that we hit on today, like all of our topics, may have been obvious, but they're the ways that they're in there, like I think, are yeah. really, really interesting. Yeah, and there's like a bunch of like little tiny filmmaking decisions that like we didn't even get into that are like very thoughtfully put in and thematic. Uh, I mean, yeah, like it, I think it could be more surface level and just have a lot of the camera work and like the segments that are in here and be just as good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, it's going to be running up against two other very important movies. So LA Confidential, which you already talked about, and then Jackie Brown, which I guess is still yeah. a question mark because obviously we haven't done this show yet. But I could see those two movies splitting the vote and then Boogie mm-hmm. Nights sliding right in and going to the top. If I remember, this movie is matched up against Jackie Brown yes. early. Ooh. So that is gonna, that's going to be a little bit tough. Something... Great is bouncing. An early wound. Yeah. Yeah. But that you know what? That's how we do it here. There can only be one. Yeah. We agonize from 32 to 16, and then it's even worse from 16 to 8. Going from 8 to 1 is not something we relish. You would think that we do because of this podcast, but we do not. I prefer ketchup. <laughs> Terrific. I'll have to remember to give you an additional point for and a next of time. Well, uh, congratulations, Ryan. Thank you so much. You are the winner. The rest of us boys are going to get up and go back into the green room, but you can feel free to just, I don't know, lay down something else here in the meantime if you would like. Yeah, I think I'm going to join my victory up here. I'm going to uh, maybe call up some of my real friends. All right, well, we'll just head on out. Okay, so what should I do? Let me get the ads out of the way first. Um, I'm going to call up to the stage real quick, and I don't think Greg even knows she's here. This is Greg's sister, Gorga. <laughs> it's me, Gorga. Hello. You guys look so much the same. Oh, look, get, get that all the time. 
are there personality differences or is that the exact yeah, same too? Basically, just the same guy. Me, I'm woman. Me, Gorga. Just very much like Greg. Except, of course, I have this high woman's voice. I have noticed that you have such a woman's voice. Very different voice than Greg, whose gravelly low voice has a masculine growl that even I, as his sister, can't help but respond to. Are you, do you guys get along? Did you fight when you were kids? I don't. I, I'll put it this way. I've never cared for him. <laughs> Nev, not my type. Very deep voice, and I like that about him. It's weird that his voice is so manly, and then yours is so... It's so high and feminine. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I have often asked mother and father how that happened, and they said, you know, some things, Gorga, we're not meant to know. Back to your squash lesson. And I say, mums and daddy, all right. Does Greg call them that, too? No, Greg calls them Bert and Tina, which I think is very disrespectful. One of the many reasons I, Gorga, a different person, is superior to him, and also a different person. He calls your mom by her first name, Bert and Tina, Bert? but uh, what is your dad's name? Piangelo. <laughs> Piangelo. Piangelo. Yeah. Just normal names in my family, names like Greg. <laughs> Piangelo. Right. Gorga, is there any websites that you want to tell us about? Sure. Go to yourpopfilter.com for all of Greg's hijinks. And those hijinks of his friends as well. You can get podcasts, this and many more. And key articles about where now are Mike and Molly in the cast thereof. A quality article. Getting more views every year. Or... If you find you're in the need for some online shopping, go to Amazon.com slash YourPopFilter. And you do all your normal shopping, but then Greg's website gets some money or something. And I actually, I say don't do that. Screw Greg. Go to Gorga.com. <laughs> you, bought, you, you were able to lock down Gorga.com. They said, thank God you just called us from Gorga.com because we're about to sell it to Gorga D'Angelo. But we'll save it for you. Is Gorga D'Angelo related to your mother, Piangelo? No, Piangelo. She is not related. Piangelo D'Angelo is someone different. You're confused my, again. My bad. That's you are me. once again confused. All right, thank you, Gorga. All right, I'll see myself out. Get out. Uh, here to tell us about all of the other shows that we have is number one Weezer fan, Rufus Starkwell. Well, what's up, guys? Uh, it's Rufus Starkwell here, number one Weezhead. Uh, I'm here for the for the week. For the week, you're here for the week. <laughs> I'm here. I'm just, yeah. I just I just need you to read this one ad. No, I'm I'm doing a residency here. Are you? Uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a Weezer in residence. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm putting some Weezwiz on some crackers. Okay. Uh, what? Uh, what what gives you the right to call yourself the number one Weezer fan? Um, well, like um, I uh, I murdered Rufus Cuomo's dog like uh, about ten years ago, and um, I've been hiding that from him ever since. So would a non number one fan do that? Don't think so. Are you uh, nervous about like a John Wick, Rivers Cuomo situation here? Um, no, I'm not. If by worry do you mean get erections every night thinking about? That's then obviously sure. what I meant. Then yeah, absolutely. That's a like a big concern of mine. But otherwise, no. Are there any shows that you'd like to tell us about? Um, well, um, Weezer's, uh, performing in Santa Ana on, uh, on the 9th. Uh, the 9th of what? <laughs> you know, the 9th. You suck at this. Yeah, the 9th. Uh, and, uh, there's also a show called, uh, Superior Hour, 
And um, Weezer's not on it, but like they sometimes like talk about like Weezer and how much um, Ratitude is their favorite album. Uh, um, which I I agree with personally. I think Ratitude number is, one Weezer fan thinks Ratitude. Yeah, I think Ratitude is their best album that they've ever put out. They've got the dog on it. It's definitely the best title of any album ever. Uh, uh, no they have argu- a rad attitude. No no arguments for me here, buddy. And uh, also uh, the OCD. Which is a show that um, I think Weezer might have been on. I don't know. I think they play all the lead roles. Yeah, uh, it's uh, they talk about the OC. It's a it's a pretty good show. Um, and um, go out to uh, the Santa Ana Playhouse on the ninth and uh, see my, see my boys at that place where children's perform plays. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah children's you. playhouse. All right, Rufus, can you stay uh, up on the stage because you're to tell us about Twitter and Instagram is Rivers Cuomo. Oh, what's up? Uh, what's up, uh, R- R- Rivers? Uh, uh, Rufus, how? How are you doing? Oh, I'm um, pretty good. I um, I how long were you listening? Mo- mo- most of it. The the green room. It's Mike Tinta. Okay. Uh, I do have a restraining order against this gentleman for because he what? killed your dog. Yeah, I. Yeah, uh, I mean that's a that's you, a thing that um you know people do for me sometimes. Um, <laughs> it's it's, a, it's, a, it's you you get like when you get to number one status, you get a lot of those well, letters. It, he killed my dog, but before that, he killed my cat. Before that, he killed my gerbil. Uh, wow. He's just moving up the pet chain. Well, I mean, you should you should really stop getting pets if you're not going to take better care of them. Rivers, I haven't seen I'm, my I'm, son in 10 years just to keep him away from Rufus. Rivers, you write like uh, 12, 13 songs a day. Why don't you mm-hmm. write one about River or uh, Rufus real quick? Uh, if you want to be a real big dick bag, why don't you name yourself Rufus Fuckface? Yeah! All right! As a big fan, I love this shit. Yeah, look, you're sort of forced to love it. I think somebody has a ratitude, though. So, like, a lot of people don't like our, our newer stuff. <laughs> but it's, I'm trying to see if I can break him. I don't uh, want him number one fan, so we just break worse and worse songs. Where do you want to see him? Top 10? Top 10 fans? Yeah. No, I, w- I would love for him just to go on the Smash Mouth cruise. Maybe the 311 cruise. I can't have oh, him yeah, buying. I, oh, don't worry. I'm number one fan of those guys, too. He buys so many tickets to our cruises. And I can't have it. Become like maybe an incubus guy. Mm. Rivers, I want to get you out of here. Uh, why don't you tell us about Twitter and Whatever Instagram? Whatever tomorrow brings uh, in, all right? At your pop filters are good. I'm not on Twitter. I, I like to have that mystique. This is my first oh, yeah. public persona in years, I think. <laughs> uh, so at your pop filter on Twitter, I've heard, and the Instagram at your pop filter as well. It's great. You guys are great. I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, get out of here. Both of you are gone. And here to uh, tell us about how to contact us are the starters of the first ever pop filter cruise that's coming this summer it's jeff and goldie hey there goldie you ready to tell them all about this cruise oh i sure am <laughs> jeff oh i want nothing more where, where are we on? going oh we are going to the bahamas we're going to grandpa island right now as of september the 8th we're going right today the 8th Going on the ninth, and what kind of events do we have on the cruise? We're going to Grand Bahamas to the right, Bahamas to we've Kokomo. Got, we've got an oatmeal bar. We we've got we've got Britney Spears cousin performing. Do we have a do we have a WWE match that you guys are announcing while we're there? We've got Haystack is coming in, and he's gonna fight the Undertaker's cousin. How pop filter of us to do that. We know what you guys are like. You had very little input into the cruise. We listened well, to a few shows. We, we got you. You know that we love cousins. That's what we do, yeah. You guys are just talking about kissing cousins all the time. And if you sign up right now, we will give you your own cousin to kiss on the cruise at the Midnight Kissing Cousins Retreat. They legally become your cousin. Bahamas, baby. Anything can happen. 
Uh, Goldie, or as I like to call him, Jeff times two, why don't you tell us about email? Okay, email's like a thing where you send us Our email, our pop filter email. Oh, I got you, got you, got you. All right, so if you want to sign up for the cruise right now, you should contact contact at yourpopfilter.com. You send us an email, uh, send a non-refundable deposit of $7,000, and we will get you on the premier cruise of the century. Goldie, are you currently having a heart attack? (laughs) Yes, I am. So Goldie and I grew up Goldie's my cousin. That's just how he is. He gets a little wild sometimes. Give me a little kiss, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jeff and Goldie. This is great. And Jeff, why don't you tell us about the phone number we can call? If you call 1562-DR-DJ-POP, that is 1562-DR-DJ-POP, and you're the 10th caller, you will get free rooms, the free captain's suite on this cruise. Also, Dr. DJ Pop will be spinning the ones and twos every night of the cruise. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Um, Thank you for having us. See you next time. (laughs) On the next show, no. You guys will never be on again. Uh, Greg, can you come back up here, please? Uh, Ryan, there's a lot of people just roaming around the studio, including my sister. uh, (laughs) I didn't tell you about that. And two people that are just the same guy. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I heard your sister's not your cousin, so figure that out. Finally, smooching territory. (laughs) Well, everybody, I think you would agree that we've had quite enough. Thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, we will be talking about Jackie Brown. Tune in then. But until next time, keep watching them movies.